This is Women Who Rock, a podcast promoting Australian female musicians and artists. Joining me today is Sydney indie rock singer Maya Marsh. Maya, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I'm going to flip the equation a little bit today and actually start with a story. Because I was, a few years ago, I was doing Christmas shopping at the Carriage Works markets and I was kind of like running around, I was in a rush, and I got everything that I needed, and I was kind of walking out the door, and then I heard someone singing Blues Run the, Blues Run the Game, and I love that song, and I kind of like turned around, and I went back, and even though I was like in a crazy hurry because of I'm irresponsible, <laughs> I kind of went back, and I just sat and watched the song to the end before I left, and that singer was you. Yeah. Yeah, that, so it's so great to be sitting here having a chat with you after three or four years, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it was a while ago. You were singing, I think, so I love that song because of the Laura Marling version. Yeah. We're both fans of Third Man Records. Yes. And I actually have the little 45 of Laura Marling doing that cover. Yeah. Um, are you, as you listen to that version of the song? Is that I have what? listened to, I listened to that um, at Third Man Records. Oh, actually physically at yeah, the records. Yeah. You mean in the little play booths. Really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Did you buy it when you were there as well? I didn't. I was travelling for too long. Oh right. It yeah. is hard to travel with vinyl. It is. It's always I try to like pack the clothes and hope that it doesn't break. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm glad that you like the cover as well. Twenty eighteen mm. for you has been I guess quite a lot of You've been playing a lot of covers. You played a lot of shows in 2018, and I think it was mm. largely focusing on covers. Can you tell us a bit about why it was a year of covers for you? So I've been playing in a few other projects okay. over the past year or so mm. where I haven't been the main, the lead singer. Because you've been playing bass as well? Yeah, so yeah, that okay. kind of just, I just started for fun really, and then it kind of, one thing led to another, and I was ended up playing a lot more bass and guitar um, over the last year. Right. Yeah. Under the Maya Marsh, the last single release was 2016. Yeah. So I'd like to talk about, I guess, the journey that's happened over the last couple of years, mm. because you were working on an album yes. of originals. Um, so can you tell us about the, that kind of process and what is happening uh, yeah. in that space? Yeah, so there's been a lot of um, trial and error, I guess, over the last couple of years. We put out that single, and I had a couple more to go, but I don't know. I kind of had this, I was transitioning from my solo folk acoustic guitar to electric guitar band stuff. So there's a lot of stuff I kind of didn't put out, and then we just played a lot of shows, live shows, and then went in the next year to record this album, um, and we went into Deaf Wolf Studios with my old, we were a four-piece um, a couple of years ago. And uh, we did that. It was a kind of a whirlwind of like four days. and The whole album? Yeah. Doing vocals as well? 
Um, did some overdubs of the vocals, so some we kept live, some we overdubbed. We ditched some songs, we wrote one in the studio, it was crazy. And I really love it still, and I love those songs, but I just couldn't really get them to where I wanted them to be, and I kind of not ended up with like a love-hate relationship, but a lot of things, uh, I was going through quite a big transition in my personal life. Okay. And that kind of synced up with me after recording that album, writing a lot of new music and then in turn playing it live and wanting to move forward with that instead of this kind of broken record. Right. <laughs> Excuse the pun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it was a big call I only made a few months ago. Um, I had a single ready to go that I'd finally gotten, you know, a final mix. I just was back and forth with mixes for many, many months. And then I realised it would kind of be the wrong representation of what we're actually playing live at the moment. It's very different. <laughs> so was there, I guess, it's been such a long process to go through doing the recordings and having it mixed and mastered. Mm. Was there, in making that big decision, was there like... A precise moment in time where you thought, I'm not going to release this? Yeah, it kind of started with like, you know, I'm, I'm going to cut these two songs because they're definitely, that's from that before stage, that kind of folk, folk rock stage. Um, and they just didn't qu- quite fit with the rest. And then um, as uh, I, I started with a new lineup last year, and it's just the three of us. Um, as a trio, and once we played, I think, our first couple shows together, it just felt so good, and I felt so good just within myself. I wanted to just kind of leave that behind, the album behind. Okay. If that makes Is the So you were kind of in a transition period in terms of the genre as well. Yeah. Is that a reflection of, I mean, I don't want to go into what was going on in your personal life, but yeah, do you think yeah. that was a direct consequence or is that reading too deeply into um, like psychology and stuff? <laughs> no, I think I've like, growing up, I always had this kind of like massive folk influence and then a massive rock influence. And when I first started, you know, fiddling around on guitar, it was open tunings that resonated with me and kind of got me there and that led me to Laura Marling, Joni Mitchell, Nick Drake kind of thing. And I think kind of as I've progressed as a musician, I've just, that other side has just kind of, that rockier, heavier side's just kind of come out through it. Has that been <laughs> maybe facilitated by the new band members as well? Yeah, for sure. And just playing in other projects and just kind of getting outside myself. And okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a brave call to make that you kind of, you've yeah. had all this stuff and put all the work in, but I think it's it's great if you think, you know, moving forward, I think this is a better representation. Yeah. That's what we're going to do. Yeah, it wasn't, I wasn't really upset about it, so I think that's, that's kind of says. Maybe that indicates you made the right choice. Yeah. 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 You said, wait, I want to go back to something. You said <laughs> you wrote a song in the studio. Yeah. I've never done that before. It, it How was that? freaked me out a little bit because um, we didn't have much time. Mm. So that was the single I was going to put out, um, you know, kind of around now or, f- or a couple months ago. So we're actually re-recording so late to try and make an uh, an album version. Okay. 
to go on that album and it just wasn't working and it was doing our heads in and I was like, I don't want to sing this. Okay. And it just didn't feel right with the rest of the songs. So we decided to cut it and then um, Ryan, who was recording... Ryan K. Brennan? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was like, oh, do you have anything else kind of like floating around? And um, my bandmate was just like, oh, what about that um, song, blah, blah, blah. And I only really had a verse and a chorus. But basically I I played the song and Ryan was like, what the heck? (laughs) Like, that should be on there. And so we had one day left. That was the evening of the third night. And everyone was kind of like, guys, go home, get some sleep. We have a big day tomorrow. Me and my guitarist at the time stayed up and decided to finish this song and the next day we took time out just to to finish these second verse lyrics and just came together really nicely. So you had a book and you were writing lyrics like in the studio? Yeah. On the day it was getting recorded? But I only had to end up adding a few lines. It's kind of a bit of a dreamy song. So transitioning from folk you mentioned, Joni Mitchell, uh, Laura Marling... If the new music is more heavier rock, what are the artists that you are now reaching for, the kind of main influences for the new stuff that you're working on? So the last couple of years, I would say the biggest names for me are Radiohead and Wilco and um, massive, massive female-like influences have been Margaret Glaspy and uh, Adrian Lenker from Big Thief. Okay. So Big Thief, I guess, as well, for sure. Right, so transitioning yeah. a bit from Laura Marling yeah. singing folk music in a church. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's really exciting. Mm. And so with the new material, mm. have you started to work on the recordings for this? Um, so that's in the works at the moment. Okay. So we're trying to um, lock down some days over the next couple months. And the plan is to record a few singles and put them out soon. Great. So that yeah. will be exploring a new genre, but maybe a new headspace as well. Is yeah. it kind of a different thought or prevailing ideas that are going into the lyrics for these songs? I would say so, yes. Mm. Yeah. It's quite different. It's quite a different sound as well because there's a lot more space, I guess. There's not a second guitar anymore and I'm writing more riffy rhythm. So it's kind of like solo-y rhythm as opposed to just rhythm, kind of like a blend of the two. Mm. What was the main reasoning behind transitioning from a four-piece to a three-piece? Um, kind of just like band politics. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. And um, and then I j- it just kind of fell into place with the um, with Harry and Cash. And, and I was going to have another guitarist. So we were still looking. And then after we played a few shows, we were like, this is great as a trio. It was just we were all really off it. It's going to be really cool to replicate the what's been going on live over kind of 2018 and be able to capture that in a moment and, and put that out as well. Yeah. Speaking of new My Marsh music, 
we are super lucky because you're going to perform a track for us today. So cool. Let's take that track now. This is a live recording uh, here of Maya Marsh singing Any Excuse. a new track from Maya Marsh called Any Excuse. Maya, you played at Woodford this year. Yes. Well, last year, I guess, technically. Technically. Yeah. I've never been there. Can you tell me about the vibe that happens at Woodford? Um, yeah. So I wasn't playing like my own stuff mm. there. You were playing with, what was the name um, of I was playing bass for Talara. Talara. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, really cool vibe actually. Um, so it's massive and it was my first time and they just have very dedicated crowds to the stages, I guess. Okay. So you've got your like big amphitheater where big artists might play once or twice at the Grand, which is kind of the second biggest stage. Um, and then a bunch of other stages. So we were playing mainly at the Bluestown stage and we played five shows, which you like think is a lot <laughs> for a festival. Yeah. And I was a bit skeptical, like, how how is the crowd going to be each show? Are they going to stop coming? Like, And every show was just great turnout. It was so nice. Is it the same people? Some people would come to two or three, some just one. So I think it was a bit of a mixed bag. Yeah. Okay. Mm. And they also have some kind of, like, other activities as well. A lot of stuff going on there. Yeah. Yeah. Like dancing activities or... Dancing, talks, yoga, workshops. Yoga? Wheel throwing, like (laughs) ceramics. Wheel throwing. (laughs) Oh, you mean like, is that pottery? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. I'm just ignorant when it comes to (laughs) pottery-based topics. They have yoga at the festival? Yeah. Just everyone gets involved or like in Um, a particular... Just like certain stages or tents kind of have it at... Okay. Certain times. It's the end of December as well, right? Yeah. Doing yoga in a tent in the end of December would be pretty hot. Yeah. I didn't do it. No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool. Well, that was a fun experience. Yeah. And you were playing bass Mm. the... So apart from your primary project, Mm. Maya Marsh, Mm -hmm. you're playing bass in a couple of other ones. Yes. Is it... So Tallulah... Uh, where are they based? I'm I'm not sure. Um, so Talara's from Grafton. Okay. And she's kind of touring around. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just kind of finished her run of shows for her EP that she put out, and she's uh, going to be releasing an album soon. But I only joined them in November, so my first run of shows was at Mullumbimby first in November. And we did a couple here and there between then and December. And then we did Woodford. So is that going to be something that you're continuing on for? or you? Um, yeah, it is. It's not a regular thing like mm-hmm. like my other bands. Um, it, it's more like we go on tour over this period of time kind of thing. So I, it's like a chunk of time here and there. But like not regular rehearsals or... You know. Okay. What about the other? You're working on other projects as well, playing bass? Yeah. So I've got two, I'd say the two main projects other than my own are um, Good Side and Ultra Crush. And that's that's pretty constant all the time, <laughs> most of the time. Right. Yeah. So Is that um, hard to juggle? It is. I have had many meltdowns. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, it hasn't. It's been great. Um yeah, it's been good. It's. I think it was just the hardest part was learning all the content because um, I, I started off just playing for good side or joint, like we started good side um, as I was learning bass. So I was writing the bass lines and that was really fun and new and not much pressure. It was took a long time before we had our first show. And then that kind of kicked off the bass stuff. Um, so then I joined Ultra Crush and then... 
got Talara's material as well. So it was just like, once I, you know, thought in my head, once I learn this, you know, bunch of songs, then I can relax. And so it was just, 2018 was very, lots of learning and lots of like quick adapting and um, yeah, it just pushed me in a good way. Great. Yeah. I mean, learning the content is one thing, yeah. but every band has its own kind of dynamic as well, yeah. I guess. Is that tough to juggle as well? It's like no. the way that people interact is kind of different or is it a really just good learning experience? Good, good experience for sure. Um, I'm really lucky in the fact that, yeah, the good side and Ultra Crush, who are, who are local, they're all with, like, they're all my best friends. <laughs> okay. And um, and everybody's very diplomatic and there are no big egos and it's just a very pleasant experience. Everyone's very understanding of each other. Yeah, it's I don't feel pressure. It's a it's a great experience playing with them. You must have so many original songs in your head right now. Yeah. Bass lines, all your lyrics. <laughs> oh man, it's full up. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a crazy time. This last year. But I guess you'll be able to pour all of that, those learning experiences into the Maya Marsh project and what you're working on with a new album for that. Yeah, I was just saying to a friend yesterday, because I kind of got to the point where I wasn't playing guitar. I just didn't have time for guitar much over the last six months. Um, And I've kind of like, just as the new year's ticked over, picked it up and started getting some new pedals and it feels like I've got fresh hands after kind of just playing so many different things that aren't necessarily mine. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Also, you work at an art gallery. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. The, um, I mean, they do quite a lot of stuff. Mm. And when I finished PhD, I was working in a bookshop, the UNSW bookshop, for a little while. Oh, well, there you go. I'm working at the gallery bookshop. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. There you go. I found it, it was great mm. and kind of inspiring mm. because it's very different to, I guess, my normal job and you're just surrounded by books mm. and art and mm. with really cool people. Yeah, definitely. Like-minded people. Mm. That's great. It's really nice. And I always, when I was there working, I'd kind of buy a stack of books mm. because I'd be like, I'm totally going to read these. Yeah. And I've read some of them, so <laughs> that's good. So that's your main thing that you're doing there. You're working in the bookshop. At the moment, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've been kind of um, juggling hospitality for quite a while, but I finally quit that last year because it was just um, taking its toll on my energy levels for music mm-hmm. and my voice and stuff. Just I couldn't. I was done, okay. <laughs> done with the hospitality. So um, the bookshop's been really suiting me really well. But being at the gallery day in, day out, being surrounded by all of that artistic expression and from various different mediums, mm. is that something that you find inspiring as well? For sure. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I'd say more so because, I mean, when, especially in, you know, when there's a big exhibit on and you're working a lot, you can't get out much to see the actual exhibits, which is a bit sad. Um, but definitely there are just so many interesting people who work in the gallery. Like if you just strike a conversation up, 
like with one of the hundreds of staff who were there. Mm. Um, yeah, it's really, really amazing. Did you go to artist talks as well? Do they have a lot of those there? Um, I haven't really been to okay. to many artist talks. I went once for the first time like a couple of months ago. Oh, cool. It was really cool. Yeah. It's like a different world. It's so different to science. Yeah. Seeing someone who has this whole room mm. that they're really proud of and talking about everything underneath it and what went into it. Totally. Yeah. It's yeah. a really cool experience. Mm. It is time for the segment, Tell Me a Thing, where I have a list of seven topics and I ask you to choose one. The topics are musical equipment, recording equipment, Patti Smith, punk rock, poetry, death and politics. Maya, can you please tell me a thing? I will tell you a poetry thing. Great. Yes, <laughs> please do. More poetry. Um, so I, I would say that's pretty much... How I got into songwriting was, I remember it was year nine, I think it was in English, we had to write a poem and it was pertaining to a book we were studying at the time. Can't remember what that book was, um, but I just really took pride in this poem I wrote. Okay. And then around that time, started playing guitar and kind of brought that poem over to the first ever song I wrote. And I've always just found poetry very powerful in itself without any music as well. It sounds like you're describing the evolution of Patti Smith. Oh, <laughs> really? Because that's what she did. She was like a poet. Yeah. Until I think the Horses didn't come out. I think she was maybe 28 or 29. Yeah. And that was the first time she'd recorded music. I'm still reading Just Kids, so I haven't, Just Kids. haven't gotten to that yeah. Oh man, spoiler alert, sorry. Thanks. <laughs> um, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Just Kids, I'm glad you're reading Just Kids. Yeah. Everyone who will listen to me, I tell them to read Just Kids because it's mm. great. Mm. The You were writing poetry in year nine. <clears throat> yeah. I remember when I was in year nine English, or no, in HSC English, I remember yeah. our teacher told us to, this was for assessments, I guess, avoid mm. writing poetry because oh. it's very difficult. Maybe that was just for an exam supervision. Yeah. Maybe I went to a school that wasn't very encouraging of poetry. Yeah. But I think that's cool that you were doing that in year nine. Did they give you a particular form, like a rhyming scheme, or was it just completely open? No, it was open. But when I would write kind of poems or lyrics and show my mom, she'd be like, oh, you're using this form. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> writing poetry. Um, so that was pretty it's, – it's always come quite – naturally like the rhythm and the rhyme mm. and and I find that's the most like enjoyable time or the most when, when songs kind of come to me in the rawest way is when I'm like traveling somewhere and I'm just like doing a quick poem on my phone or in a book kind of thing that's kind of where the good ones come from do you mainly do that when you're traveling definitely commuting and mm. stuff yeah okay. something about like moving through a place and kind of watching it go by. Right. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, your mm. year nine poetry 
has led to some pretty great music. So <laughs> I'm glad you wrote the poem as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maya, thank you so much for coming on and having a chat with me on Women Who Rock. Thanks for having me. I keep on keeping on Hold on to somebody who's gone Women Who Rock is proudly produced in the Sydney studios of 2SER 107.3.